So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode five of season five, Life After Lockup. On this episode, Chance and Taylor make up and get ready to have a baby. Lindsay finds out about Blaine's ankle monitor. Cameron drops some beats while ignoring Eris's calls. Brittany and Marcelino try to get on the same page in their relationship. Puppy breaks up with Eric and leaves him stranded on the side of the road. And Sean yells at Sarah about Anthony. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day K, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Things are going okay. How are things with you? Uh, things are going pretty good. I mean, I, you know, have spring break coming up. So that that's the big thing. I got to get through this week and then it's spring break for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can tell things are warmer over there already. Yes, I'm in short sleeves, so. Well, that is in. <laughs> I can hear the children playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That too. All right, so let's get started on these. I'm going to start with one of mine. Let's start with let's start with Amber, Puppy, Eric, everyone. All right, so we pick up with Puppy like kind of right where we left her. She tells her mom about Eric's likely cheating, and then he comes home and comes out and tells her like, "It's that time we gotta leave before we're turning to pumpkins." So we hear Kathy, that's again it's Puppy's mom, that she said she had a first a good first impression of Eric, but. Yeah, now she's not so sure about him. So we get in the car and Puppy is driving and she's and he kind of suspects that Puppy was talking shit about him with her mom while he was in the bathroom or whatever and kind of demands to know what her major issue is. So she then yeah, it, it does she doesn't say it what her major issue is because it's her it's his cheating and she doesn't want to like spill the beans that she knows or whatever. So he talks about his major issue, which is just the lack of respect. I don't get enough respect around here. You're just going doing stuff and blah, 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 So she thinks that's dumb because she feels like she gives him a lot of respect. So she keeps trying to like work into the conversation like an opportunity for him to fess up about the cheating. It was like, so is there anything else you need to tell me about? Like <laughs> anything at all? Something you need to get off your chest? And uh, it's not – working and instead of that they just like cuss at each other for a lot and it's very hard because it was like lots of bleeping even like with the closed captioning on it's just like you know something 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 bleep something bleep something bleep 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 and it's like okay that didn't help at all yeah so anyway so it, it, it gets to the point where he like violently is like looks like he's about to hit her honestly he like yeah violently like Thrusts his finger, like, pointing at her. So she pulls over so they can both get out of the car and cool off. Well, not really so they can both get out of the car to cool off. That's what he thinks is going to happen. But as soon as he steps out of the car, she just, like, peels off. So <laughs> – and then, like, rips the cameras off the windshield. like, we're done. So at some point later, we see Puppy again driving. But this time not driving his – what is it? A charger? I think he has a charger. Um, yeah. But this time she's in a pickup with a bunch of stuff in it. So she says it's her friend Steven's truck. And she's moving a bunch of stuff to her mom's house, which it, more stuff than is going to fit into her mom's house. And all the way, she calls Amber to meet her there. So she says that she drove back to her mom's after she drove off with Eric. And then he kind of made his way there somehow, probably with production's help, I'd imagine. And uh, kind of broke, kicked her out, broke up, did something. I don't know. So Amber shows up and then kind of asks what happened. So Puppy says that they're broken up and tells us that the relationship is just unsalvageable and they're not good for each other. So the way that, that Puppy describes the situation, uh, the way she explains what's going on, uh, both Kathy and Amber seem to think that Puppy is giving herself way too much blame for everything that happened and it's mostly Eric's fault. So ask her what the plan is and she really is just, I guess, worried about the next step of the plan. Like she doesn't have a grand plan. She's just like, I'm just worried about how I'm going to get my stuff out of his house and into Kathy's house. So I guess whenever we have these breakups like this, they, they always seem so final and so like, that's it, we're done forever, yeah. and then they're never on, right? So how right, likely right. do you think that, that this is really over or is there going to be quite a bit of backsliding? Uh, I definitely think there's going to be backslide. I think Amber and her mom know there's going to be backslide because it's like we see this all the time with people who do backslide, right? It's like – 
the family and the friends, they always make comments to almost shame them into staying broken up. Right. Like, oh, we'll see how long this lasts. Oh, you know, this is all good and fine until you're back with him five minutes later. You know, like, hopefully this is the last time. And so they make all these comments like, you know, anticipating that she's going to go back. And so I certainly think she is. Um, and I think how she keeps on saying, but there's real love there. We really love each other. It's like, I, I just don't see her walking away because it's almost like, well, he loves me and that is more important than any of the other bullshit or the hurt he puts me through or the disrespect, you know? And so I just see that as kind of this continuing excuse for his actions. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that it's the, it's the whole, the real love thing. And I just don't, yeah, I don't, it's tough because I guess – I don't know. What does love look like from the outside of people who are – and I guess it looks like actual affection for most people at some point, mm-hmm. right? Like you see people together and can tell whether they like each other and these people just always seem to be barely tolerating each other, which I don't right. like. I don't know where she's talking about the true love comes from unless she's just basically doing that in her mind, making up some true love scenario to justify her actions of going back, Right. Yeah. And yeah, because the way he acts, it's not like he – every once in a while, he gives us like a glimmer of like, oh, he seems like he cares about her. But mostly he cares about controlling her is what it seems like is the most important thing for him. Right. But I think it's also important to note that I believe it's possible for someone to love someone and at the same time be abusive to Yeah, them. that's true. Yeah. You know? And so – Yeah. So what if there's love there? You know, I'm not saying that that's not true. And I'm not saying that there aren't moments where she sees that love. But the fact is, is that they're in an abusive relationship where he is trying to isolate her, control her, do whatever the hell he wants, you know, and that just isn't showing the respect um, and, you know, honestly, how she should be treated in a relationship, regardless if he loves her. Right. And it, even that is a very shallow kind of love, right? Sure. It's, it's very much the, no, I want her around and I want her to be mine. And that's, that, that's what I want. I want, I want. Like he only talked when we, they talked about the issues they had in the car. He only talked about mm-hmm. what he wanted. Right. Right. He doesn't seem to want her to improve herself or to be a better person or even care if she's happy. He just yeah. wants her there. Right. You're here and you're mine. And that's that's all like I want you here. That means it's love. Right. And it's like not really. And that's why I kind of go with I do believe that people can be abusive in relationships and believe that what they have is love. Mm-hmm. But they kind of have something else. Right. That isn't yeah, quite possibly um, that wouldn't just fit my definition of love because like, I don't know, I just don't think intentionally hurting people makes any kind of sense for someone that you love. Now, will you do things that unintentionally hurt them? Sure. Right. But to go out mm-hmm. of your way to be like, no, no, no. The most important thing in this relationship is that I have control over everything. That's something different than than love. Yeah. I mean, I certainly feel And, you know, it's what we've seen from this relationship. That puppy is very much like a victim in all of this. So I was shocked when she drove off without him. I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe she had the nerve to do that. And also, I was a little scared for her. I mean, he seemed to keep his cool for someone who just had his car stolen by his girlfriend and, like, left abandoned. Which is what happened. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, But I was just like, oh, my God, I feel like she's going to get it, like, in not a good way. Right. And I think I I, I got the impression of it since that point. She's made a point of not being alone with him. Um, Right. As as kind of you should. But, yeah, I was was a little surprised the way she just, like – yeah, pulled off. She kind of tricked him. And I was like, okay. Like, I don't know if – I mean, obviously, he got the car back and everything. So, it wasn't like yeah. a total like loss because I am usually against like, well, you can't make the situation worse by like actually committing crimes, right? Especially <laughs> when you're someone like 
when you're someone like Puppy. And it's like, you know, because at the end of the day, it's like I showed him, went back to jail. Yeah, look at him. Like, and that just brings more suffering onto you, which I think is yeah, not you're always right because that's a pretty gutsy move. Like, he could have easily called the police. Like, oh, Grand Theft Auto, she's back in jail. I mean, she's on probation for a very long time. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, real gutsy. I, I was very surprised she, you know, even tried that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on uh, to, let's go with our newer old couple, Brittany and Marcelino. It's been a while since we've seen them, uh, but Brittany is celebrating a milestone. It's been five years out of prison. She's on her way to yoga class with her two of the three kids, uh, and she reveals to us that since the last time we saw her. They have moved to Florida, and Brittany says she's happy there, even though the last few months have been confusing. Brittany says she didn't think she would ever be able to forgive infidelity in any relationship, but she was able to, and now her and Marcelino are back together. Brittany decided to move to Florida, and Marcelino followed. Brittany is doing yoga with her lash lady, Anais, who has become her friend. Brittany tells her that Marcelino and her are still struggling in their relationship, not like not being on the same page with communication and their physical relationship. Brittany says she is giving him one more chance to make it work and try. Meanwhile, Marcelino is flirting with an 80-year-old birthday lady, and she Mm -hmm. gives him some advice to be there for his family. Later, together, Marcelino's mom comes to visit. Marcelino says that his mom knows something went down in Vegas, but she doesn't know the details. And just as a recap, if you haven't seen the last season, uh, Marcelino had been uh, engaging in shady behavior uh, by contacting other women through DMs. And it wasn't quite clear if he had actually physically cheated, but there were certainly very inappropriate messages sent between Marcelino and several women. Brittany tells us that she isn't wearing her ring because she took it off in Vegas and told Marcelino that when he starts acting like a husband and she feels like a wife, she'll put it back on. Marcelino takes Brittany on date night to a bar. He starts complaining about how it takes 20 minutes to get to a store that has milk. He then says it'll just take some time to adapt to Florida. They then play some pool, which turns flirtatious. Brittany then turns serious and says that they need to talk. Marcelino says he didn't want to leave Vegas, and Brittany says that he needs to take ownership of his decision to leave, even if it was to follow her. Marcelino complains he has no way to make money in Florida because he can't gamble, and Brittany argues that love doesn't equal money, and he could be back in Vegas, but lonely. She tells him that they need to nurture their relationship because what will they do when the kids are gone in 15 years and they only have each other? Marcelino doesn't want to have this conversation in the bar and doesn't really know what to say. Marcelino says it's all about providing and for the kids. Brittany says that she feels neglected and she felt more love and effort from him when she was in prison. Marcelino says he wishes he could go back to Vegas and Brittany throws him the keys and tells him, drive back to Vegas then. All right, so... It sounds like Marcelino is incredibly resentful about living in Florida. And it sounds like based on his conversation that he feels he's doing this out of obligation. Uh Uh-huh. So you made me move here is basically the way he feels. Yeah. Because this is where the family is and I have to provide and take care of the family. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So do you think that there's any point of them, you know, still being married because he doesn't seem to care about his relationship with Brittany? He just seems to care about providing and being there for the family. Yeah, I mean, you're you're I I think you kind of write it. It seems that he is mostly concerned about being a co-parent. Right. Mm -hmm, Right. More than anything else. I think he still feels like he should be providing for Brittany. Though, which I think is a little bit changed. I just, I think he has a very macho, old school view of masculinity where it's just like, if you're not the breadwinner, then you shouldn't even be here. Like, what is your, what is your your purpose if you're not the breadwinner, Mm -hmm. right? Your purpose is to provide, is to provide the financial stability to the family. And that's it. Like, to the point where, like, I don't think he's upset about it. Like, we've seen with uh, the other people, say, Eric. 
but I don't think he's crazy that Brittany even works. Like I think yeah. he would feel like that's a little bit emasculating that she's taking care of – she's bringing in the money and it's a man's job to provide. Mm-hmm. Now, now that said, I don't know why he can't divide because I just Googled something and uh, there's like 10 casinos in Tampa. Right. I don't know how close they are to Tampa. So it's St. Cloud, right, that they live. Is that anywhere near Tampa? Oh, no, St. Cloud. They're in Orlando. That's right. They're in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's probably a few less in um, in that area. Um, but, I mean, there's still casinos around. Like, there's casinos everywhere now. Yeah. I think – but I think his point in general, right, is he feels like he lives out in the boonies, Right. Like well, sure. he even makes some comment about how if he just wants to get milk, it's a 20 minute drive, which it's like, really? Don't you guys have convenience stores nearby? It's like it's like saying, oh, I can only get milk at the good Costco, which is like, you know, not in every town. So I got to go to the town over, you know. And yeah, if you're going to be picky about things like that, then sure. Yeah. Things are going to take like 20 yeah, minute drive. I doubt that there's anywhere in St. Cloud where you can't get milk. Like you can't right. even go to a Walmart. Like there's not a Walmart there. There's nothing. Right. So, yeah, that that is – Unless he's not that, unless he is living out in more of a country place and has to drive into town and actually Mm -hmm. she's in St. Cloud. But okay. But I get where she's coming from too is she's like, okay, that was your choice. Like – and you can't just come to here and complain about all of the choices that you made. Right. 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 Like you were forced to like and it does. It sounds like he's very resentful about it and he's certainly putting it on her. Yeah, and it's it's tough, and I do feel like you're like, yes, you left me with not much of a choice. My choice was, oh, don't see your kids or move to Florida. Well, okay, obviously I'm moving to Florida, right? Yeah. And so I, I get that, but it's also like, I don't know. It, it I, She has kind of a push and pull with it too. Like she says things like, you know, oh, I want him to do that, and then kind of is – pushing him away the whole time like she knows Mm -hmm. kind of what's gonna make him upset she knows what he's insecure about and instead of like trying to work around those she's like no we must confront them directly and i'm gonna bring them up in the middle of our flirty date right and it's like do you have to do that or is that just a way because then it's like well we never you know we never have sex he always says he's tired it's like does he is he always tired or do you always give him a hard time about like you need to own up to what you did blah 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 and why aren't we having sex? And it's like, well, yeah. maybe it's because you just spent like a half hour yelling at him. Like, right. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah. And so I'm not sure how that's, how that's going to work out. I mean, they definitely, I mean, I definitely get the vibe from them as a couple that is separated before they get divorced. Like they're separated right now and they're like get, trying to make it work. And I think almost everybody who end up getting divorced tries that one last time to make it work. Right. Right. Um, sure. And I just, I just don't see it. I just see them growing like – it sounds like they're growing farther apart instead of like actually reconnecting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel bad for Brittany because I can see what exactly she needs and I just don't think she's going to get it from Marcelino in the state that he's in right now. No. I mean he's <sighs> very salty and he is not a – He's he kind of holds grudges, right? And I don't – Yeah. And I think – this is a big grudge for him to hold. Like having right. to move and all this way. It's hard to say exactly what he wants out of the relationship too because he's never communicating that. He's just always communicating, I want to live in Vegas. And it's just like, right. okay, well, that's off the table and that has nothing to do with your relationship. What can Brittany do in a relationship to like give you what you need? Yeah, and his answer is like, we'll move back to Vegas. Right. Like, and you're just right. like, no, that's not an option. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I just think – and and at the end of the end of the day, it's just and it just need to provide and providing for the kids, yeah. But like for your partner, I, I'm not, I'm not buying that as a like major component of a relationship. That seems right. weird to me. Yeah. All right. So going on to speaking of providing and jobs and things, let's go to Eris and Cameron. So we're back at Eris's place, and her and Lena are still. Still in the heat due to this broken air conditioning. Well, you know, it's only been like three days, but the air conditioner is still not broken. So, Eris tells us that Cameron's task for the day was to find a job. 
and he isn't home, presumably she thinks he's doing that. But we switch to him and he tells us that he doesn't need to get a job right away. He's got some money saved. Instead of getting a wage job, what he's going to do is start making the important connections and putting in the time at the studio, which is how he's going to make his big bucks. They are in Tampa, by the way, being making big bucks in the you know on the in the Tampa music scene. So Eris calls him while he's in the studio, and he just is either it, they make it sound like he's look like he's ignoring the calls, but whatever, he's not picking up the phone. So this makes Eris very suspicious that Cameron is out there getting turned up, just getting weight drunk and and you know hitting on women and all kinds of bad things. So while she you know, while she tries to confront him about whatever it is that's going on, she arranges Priscilla to take Lena for the night. So that way when he does come home, she, they can fight. So she knows that things are with him are a bit are pretty chaotic, but it's time for him to get his shit together if he's gonna be supporting people. So the producer or the engineer or whatever in the studio has a pretty high opinion of of Cameron. Thought his music was pretty good, and he's got seems like the engineer thought he had a lot more skill than most people most of the big wigs in Tampa. And he should be able to – this is something that's probably going to work for him. So all all the while, of course, she's just like pouring glass after glass of wine and calling his phone over and over and over again. So by the time she finally does hear him hear from him, it's because he is walking back into the house. It seems like he's a little drunk but not like a few episodes ago drunk. So he says that his phone was on d uh, d mode. That's do not disturb um, <laughs> because he was in the studio. Which is not what she wanted to hear because she was thinking he was out looking for wage work and not not wasting money in the studio. So she doesn't think he's taking this relationship seriously enough and he thinks that she's pushing him too fast to get a job and he doesn't have to do that quite yet. So he thinks that she's insulting him and his integrity, uh, especially because she was like, who are you with? Were you with other women? Were you with other people? And he was like, yeah, I was with the engineer. Um, So he was just – he thought he'd get back. They'd listen to his music. It would be great. They could, And this is really killing the mood. So uh, then he goes up to the bedroom and slams the door. But she follows him. And even though he said as she walked out of the room, don't follow me. And then she kicks him onto the couch. So he has to be the one out there. She gets to bed. But before he does that, he drinks some vodka straight out of the bottle and destroys a wall decoration. Like he just <laughs> saw a wall, wall decoration that said love on it. It was like, no, I must destroy this. Uh, so <laughs> – I mean, ah, uh, who who do you got in this fight? Are you Eris or Cameron's side? I don't know. I can see both sides of it. It is incredibly frustrating as like I feel like I've been Eris in this situation. I'm not sure if I reacted exactly like she had, mm-hmm. but it's just like, how difficult is it for you to send a quick message saying, you know, like, oh, I wasn't available. And I get that you had your phone on Do Not Disturb, so you might have not realized that she was actively trying to message you, but how difficult is it for when you're done with what you're doing, the studio to check your phone, because you do have someone who very likely is trying to contact you. You know, if you have people like uh, more in a dependent relationship like that, Mm -hmm. and you could have seen, Oh crap. She like called a bazillion times sending a quick message times. Right. Uh, And then, like, the other thing is, too, we've also seen couples where it's like, you know that this person's going to message you. So preemptively being like, hey, I'm not going to be available for the next couple hours. But, you know, to Cameron's defense, it's only been three days that they've, like, been living together in this situation. So it's like one of those necessary arguments Mm-hmm. That they're going to have if Cameron continues to do this, then I think Eris's reaction is more appropriate. But first time around, just communicate your expectations. Why exactly that bothers you? And like, you know, not to say don't make a big deal out of it. You should. But to like, I don't know, get all crazy like it's the end of the world. It's like. I'm assuming this is the first time that it's happened. It's only been three days. Right. Sure. So just, you know, show him a little grace and understanding. And if he does it again, then sure. You know, you've had this conversation. You've set expectations. Sure. Get mad the next time. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that she was just like had spent so much time seething and drinking. Oh, waiting sure. for him. That by the yeah. time he got home, it was like, you motherfucker. 
Like, you know, it's just like there was not going to be a way for him to win this argument with her, right? Yeah. Because by that time she was just – but that is because you didn't message her back like and and kind of nip this in the bud hours ago. Right. But I, I think we see again another guy who's getting caught up in surprises, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? The whole surprise trick because like he, he wouldn't have said – he didn't want to tell her, hey, I'm going to be – out of communication for the next couple hours. So I'll just hit you up after that, right? Yeah. He couldn't have said that because that would have brought questions. Sure. Why are you going to be out of communication? Where are you going to be? Because he knew that he did not want her in the studio. Yeah. I mean, yes. Because at the end of the day, he didn't respond because he didn't want her to really know what he was doing. Right. And that in itself is like, well, if you're hiding stuff, yeah, that's going to make your partner suspicious and it's not good. Right. So I don't know how you I don't know what Cameron could have done to keep himself out of trouble if he wanted to accomplish what he was trying to accomplish. Right, right. But then he couches it in the, well, I was gonna surprise her with my new music. Like that's what that was the reason I didn't tell her. She's getting mad for nothing. And it's like, that's not the reason you didn't tell her. Like, that's, right. all, that's not true. Right? Yeah. But I also feel like she should cut him some slack. It's been three days. Now, I get it. She's like eager for him to start paying financially, contributing to the household. Yes. But it's like three days. I mean, if it's been three weeks, then I'd be like, all right, we need an action plan. You know, even a week. But yeah. three days, well, come and, on. And the thing is, is I, they, and part of it is he needs to communicate about what he has available because he's like, I don't need to get a job just yet. I have enough money to float by for a little while. And in that conversation, he'd be like, great. How long is a little while? Like, mm-hmm. when is it that we need to be worried? When is it that we need to go? Because, yes, you don't necessarily want to go out job hunting and take literally the first job that someone offers you. Right? Sure. You want to spend a little bit of time looking at what your options are, figuring it out. Not just walk up to, you know, Seven uh, Eleven and be like, "You will let me stand behind the counter." Done, sold. End of story. Right? Yeah, yeah. Which seems to be what she wanted him to do. Yeah, and I think it's also a confusing, blurred line that he considers his music a job and not yes. just a hobby. Right. Because right, right. I'm sure in his eyes, he's like. This was like a job interview or it just has as much potential as a job interview because I was making connections with this producer. And by doing that, that's like interviewing my music, my talent for something that could get us paid later. Yeah, but it's it. it, But from yeah, and I see where she's at because they just see the music as a different thing. Mm -hmm. Like she sees the music as the side hustle Mm -hmm. and he sees it as. You're telling me I need to go get a side hustle because the music is my main career, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I understand that in order to get the bills paid or whatever now, I'm going to have to have a side hustle if it's not music. So he thinks the Uber driving or the 7-Eleven job or whatever, he thinks that's the side hustle and she thinks that's the main career. This is the main yeah. job that gets, gets, you, gets you money in here because I would imagine it too. I would imagine I would be kind of annoyed if, you know, well, it's like this. Like, you know, I coach. That's my That's my side hustle, right? And I would be kind of annoyed if, you know, something happened with with my coaching and I still have my teaching job and somebody was like, well, you need to go out and find another coaching job right away. Well, it's been three days. How do you not have another coaching job? And I'm like, (laughs) well, let's relax. Like that's not – that's not my main thing here because, yeah, to him the music is the main thing. And I'm actually a little bit surprised that – I don't know. I don't know what to make of this engineer thinking that that his music is – I don't think it's terrible. We heard a bunch of rappers this last uh, Love After Lockup season. It was him, Michael, Michael. Mm -hmm. and uh, was it Derek? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yes, Derek has a music career too. Mm -hmm. And so out of the three, I like Cameron the most because he's got like just the tone of his voice I think is the most interesting out of the three. And I mean – it seems like Cameron also has not maybe rhymes that I find intriguing, but they're at least interesting, right? They're at least yeah. what he's rapping about is at least like even I listen to the vert verses. I just think that the engineer has dealt with a lot of cocky people who are supposed to be the best rappers in the area, and is like right. these guys suck. And then how he goes, Cameron is like he's better than those assholes. Like I think he'll be yeah. all right. 
<laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I think Cameron certainly has something going on there. Um, I think that he's more talented than the others we've seen. That's true. But I, I don't but I don't know what that means in context. Right. I like I know more mainstream sure. You know, rap, but like like local rappers, I am not connected like what the level of talent is for yeah, that. It's a completely different thing. But it's like also, you know, local rappers playing in clubs, doing their thing. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. But I just don't know what making it or being successful on that level is because I could see it being like, wow, they make like 30 grand a year doing it, right? Yeah. Which is – not better than nothing, nothing, especially if it's your side hustle. But it's if it's a side hustle, if that's your mm-hmm. main gig, eh, you're struggling a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I hope at this point, the way that Eris is set up, like she's been doing it without him for how long now? Yeah, but I think they got the. I think they got a new place that costs a lot more. I think that's why she's. I think I that's why say, she's like. She should be able to be able to very much contribute you know yeah i think they got i think they got a bigger apartment when he moved down there and so now it's oh you are you i can't make this rent like this is more rent than i can afford you told me you'd be contributing and so she's very antsy about him getting a steady income yeah all right uh, moving on let's talk about sarah and sean so sarah's using water balloons to test out potential sizes for her breast implants sean walks in and gets turned on by these big water balloons in her bra so weird yeah he says that the baby is asleep now and he wants to work things out wink wink sarah tells him that she's busy doing stuff but she updates us that she has not initiated sex with sean since anthony first met abby She has been feeling very guilty because she has been allowing Anthony to see Abby at her mom's house, and everything has been going great. Sean tells her that she's been acting weird and asks what's up. Sarah says she wasn't expecting him to want to have sex right at this minute, and she tells him it's not him. Sean says he's been trying ever since their argument and keeps getting shot down. He then says she's changed her hair and her boobs and thinks she's doing it for someone else. He asks if she's disgusted by him and if there's anyone else, and Sarah says no. Sarah says she needs a smoke and invites him to join her, but Sean thinks she's trying to avoid this conversation. Sean asks why she keeps going to her mom's house and tells him not to come to uh, the house too, and he then asks her if she has anything to say, and then she kind of says, teases, she wants to hear him out. Uh, We then come back to Sean saying she's being shady and Sarah then gets a call from her mom and Sean accuses her of saving someone else's someone else in her phone as mom. Sarah then says that Anthony is getting clean and wants to be in Abby's life. Sean immediately gets mad and demands to know why she didn't tell him. And she says because she knew he would react just like this. Sarah says that she was letting Abby see Anthony and it was nothing else. Sarah tells him that she met Anthony at a park to make sure he was clean, and since then, he's been visiting Abby at her mom's house. Sean gets very mad, saying that she is doing the same things she was accusing him of, and he wonders if that's why she got her hair and wants to get her boobs done. Sarah says it's not like that and that she didn't want to tell him at first because she had serious doubts Anthony would be able to stay clean and she didn't want to make a big deal for nothing. Sean says he knew something was going on as he shoves the swing Sarah is sitting in and tells the cameras to leave. Sean says he doesn't feel like he knows Sarah. Sarah had told Sean that he would never be around because Anthony would never be around because Anthony was in jail. Sean thinks that she's been lying to him and he walks back to tell Sarah that she should just leave the house or he will. He's, Sarah calls him out for being kind of overdramatic, and he insists something must be going on because she's clearly not sleeping with him. Sean won't shut up about mm-hmm. yam, yam, yammering about whatever, and Sarah doesn't really say much in response. This is probably the most we've ever heard Sean, Sean. speak. Yeah, that's probably true. That sounds about ever. right. Uh-huh. Well, usually he's, he's the one getting yelled at like this. That's why. Right. And he is a man of few words, a lot of grunting and a... I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. General confusion is yes. his right. typical state of being. For sure. So what did you think of Sean's arguments against Sarah? I mean, I think he was, yes, overdramatic. 
but not wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I think he was more or less right. And you know why he was right? Because he does the same shit. And so he's like, don't do this to me. I invented I all know, these right? moves. I know exactly what you're doing. Like, don't sit here and lie to me and tell me you're not doing that because I've done it five times myself. Like, I know exactly what's going on. And she is. She's lying. And she's lying to us, too, kind of. And it's kind of, you know, it's frustrating when she tells us, well, I didn't want to tell him because I wasn't sure Anthony was clean. Nope. That's not why you didn't tell him. You didn't right. tell him because you thought there, there's a chance you might get back together with him. That is 100% what's going on. Yeah. It is annoying, though, because it's like, <sighs> Sean, you are a liar, too. So for him to turn around and say, Oh, who is this person? I don't even know. Like, why? How could she lie to me about this thing? It's like you have lied to her about much worse. Uh, Yeah. I mean, well, and he literally pulls the same. He pulled the same stuff with destiny and like not answering the calls. And it was like, I don't understand why why I could take a phone call from who I want to take a phone call from. I don't understand what's a big deal. Like, and it was never about that. It was about the fact that he was hiding it. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. It gets a taste of his own medicine and he doesn't like it. Yeah. And hiding and lying things because he doesn't want to get yelled at. Right. Like Sean does not want to get yelled at. And so he'll even stupid things that's like shouldn't really upset, you know, the other person. Well, maybe it would like Sarah and, uh, you know, having Kelly, the ex come to Sarah and Sean's wedding. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like. Doesn't matter. Kelly isn't trying to sleep with Sean or, you know, Sean isn't trying to sleep with Kelly. Um, It was more so like, oh, well, this is the mother of my child or of all my children. And, you know, she is kind of a significant figure in my life, uh, even though I'm not with her and not trying to get with her. So, you know, I feel like I wanted her at the wedding, but he can't be strong enough to like actually tell Sarah that because he's afraid of getting yelled at. So instead he just waits for Kelly to show up and for Sarah to find out that way. Yeah. I mean, it's, but I mean, if we take Sean out of the equation and imagine she's doing whatever she's doing to literally anyone in the world besides Sean. Right. And she is totally in the wrong about literally everything she's doing. Like she is Mm -hmm. bringing this man, this ex back into her life and sure. hiding it, right? And then – and clearly also it literally says as soon as – basically as soon as this other guy came back into my life, I stopped trying to have sex with Sean. Yeah, right? that's suspicious. Yeah. And then, you know, meets at her mom's and is like, well, no, you don't want to come to my mom's. So you know, no, no, no. You stay here. We're going to my mom's. You shouldn't even come. When she knows why he doesn't come, it's because this guy is there. Like it's it's all about the – and, and I'm okay with her having a relationship with with this person because yeah. it is the father of her child. Sure. Like, and abso- but that's one of those situations where you have to be like overly honest with your partner, not overly honest yeah. like sharing information, but be like, hey, this person's going to be there. This is why I'm meeting with them. This is how long we're going to be together. This is who else is going to be there. You know, like to like really reassure and really send the point home that things are not happening because exes are always, you know – Playing with fire card. a little bit. A wild yeah. card, for sure. And so you want to be like, listen, this is what's going on. Everything is on the table. Here's everything that's going on. And when you hide it underneath the table, then it's a very reasonable to suspect that something is more is going on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So speaking of making stupid hiding things for no reason, mm-hmm. let's go to Lindsay and Blaine. So we pick up with Lindsay and Blaine like talking in their living room and the topic of marriage came up mainly because Pops mentioned it last time. So it's not something they've really actually discussed together but it's something that Lindsay tells us in a camera, well at least at the beginning of the sec- of segment, that if Blaine proposed to her right now, she would totally say yes. She'd be down for it. it but she's also – another thing she's also into is Blake goes into – Blaine goes into, um, I don't know, do something in the bedroom. The other thing she's into – he is getting busy with Blaine right now with the cameras there. She was really ready to go very far before. You know how usually they're like, okay, guys, time to go. She was just like, nope, I'm going to climb on top now. Here we go. <laughs> um, but anyway, at some point during this uh, makeout, uh, you know, sex session before anything actually happens, she goes to take off his pants, which he's like, why do you need to take off my pants? You can just do it with my pants on. They're down. That's good enough. <laughs> Dumb. Yeah. I mean – 
it happens sometimes that way. But the reason he didn't want her to take off the pants all the way is because when she does, she finds his ankle monitor uh, <laughs> that she's still still, even though he's wearing it already, doesn't know anything about. So predictably, she flips out. He tells her she should be happy that he's not going to prison, but she's just mad that he kept everything from her, lied to her, and made a major life decision without any of her input. So she insists that she, that he keeps just being like, you, well, you, you want me to go to prison? You should be happy I took the deal. Because without his freedom, there can't be a relationship. So he starts to explain like, well, what happened was, and he, as he's explaining it, he's like, well, you know, I got a friend when Jacob was there. And she's like, well, wait, other people know? Other people besides me know about this? Who else knows? And then so there's that. So, you know, intensifying anger keeps having him and to the point where she like throws water at his face. Then she then explains, explains part of the reason she's so upset is that now that he has the ankle monitor, technically he's an inmate. And since she's on probation, she might not be able to be allowed to live with an inmate. She got – she says they got – he just insists like, well, we got it. We got approval. I got approval to be here with you. You got approval to be here with me. But she's like, stop. No, I got approval to be, with, to be here with you before you had pled guilty to another felony. So that might change things. So anyway, she slams the door in his face and he keeps on after her and tells her about how it's a three-year house arrest. And so she's like, hmm, because now their house is a prison. And he thinks it's the best choice since, you know, again, he's not in jail. So she tells him about all the things that she couldn't do when she was on an ankle monitor. She was she was like, you can't live your normal life. And he was like, yes, I can. She was like, when <laughs> I had one, I couldn't check the mail. Like when I got to the mailbox, it said I was too far away. But he says this is a different kind. That doesn't apply to me. So basically, she kind of is – does not think that he thought this thing all the way through and is really convinced that she might be breaking her probation just by literally being here right now. So she wants to know why he didn't discuss this with her even though you know, he thinks she was involved. She was like, I wasn't involved in this decision. He was like, yes, you were. And she's like, what? <laughs> so now he thinks he's got to figure this whole thing out. Okay, so on this one, we had another fight. I mean, how much yeah. of a point do you think Lindsay had? Oh, I in think this she one? had a huge point, right? And mm -hmm. I think going into it, it's not that I was like, you know, Team Blaine, like, good, you know, this is a great surprise. But it was more like, eh, it's really not her decision to make. Like, that was kind of my thought going into it, right? Right, At right, the end right. of the day, it's like Blaine stuff. But she brought up a lot of really, really valid points, especially when it comes to her probation. Like, he has no idea how her living with a convicted felon who is currently – I mean, under house arrest, incarcerated, incarcerated right? right. right uh, how that affects her probation. If he had called her probation officer to talk about hypotheticals before and had like those kinds of things, I think, as like evidence of I did consider you. I did consider your situation. I think he could have, you know, had a better leg to stand on. But, you know, I think Lindsay like absolutely had every right valid reason you know to be upset even though she she was being a tad over dramatic for sure for sure i mean it definitely reminded me of um you know a lot it's a very common dynamic between men and women mm -hmm. um especially when they're partners to have like i don't know why or what culturally we do how we treat boys and girls differently to get this to happen why do women always have more questions? Like, <laughs> like when I, you know, you go to the doctor, I'm like, oh, I have high blood pressure. And like, what well, was it this? What well, was it this? What kind of medication do they give? this? And I was like, oh, I don't know. The doctor just told me I have high blood pressure. Like, that was the end of it. <laughs> I like, did you, how, what, what did you ask? And I was like, nothing. Like, they just, they, it You're seemed like, like I a didn't statement. think of any of these questions I didn't until think of any you of these. started asking me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of any of these questions. What are you doing? And, right. And it's the same way with him. I'm sure he was just like, well, he told me what the deal was. That's all the information I, I require. And so what what else, what other input would she have, right? It's yeah. Because he just saw it as a choice of potential prison, house arrest. That's right. an easy choice, right? Yeah. And, and, she, and, he didn't, there, and she immediately had like a thousand questions that he didn't think of. Right. right. And because at the end of the day, most of the stuff she asked about, what about my probation? What's going to happen with that? At the end of the day is I did not think to ask that. Like was right. was really what was going on, right? It wasn't yeah. like 
well, I th- I'm sure it'll be fine, which he was trying to say, I'm sure it'll be fine. But it wasn't like he went out and found out that it was fine. He literally was just like, I did not consider that. I did right. not think about that. That is not a question I thought of, right, for for basically everything. Yeah. And I mean, what really sucks about this situation, too, is it is very frustrating for Lindsay because he didn't consider it and it can't be undone now. Right. And so if there is a situation where Lindsay can't live there anymore, Lindsay can't see him anymore. You know, it's like there's not a whole lot that Lindsay can do about it because this is their situation. She was given no choice in the matter, and Blaine made all the decision-making, thinking that somehow she would be thrilled about the surprise. Right, and that's the part that just gets me. It's like, at the yeah. end of the day, I they probably would have made the same choice. Like, right. I, it is very easy, but like, they could have done it better because now she has to call her probation officer and be like, yeah, I'm already living with someone who's incarcerated. Yeah, right? he didn't and tell that, me. That might be a no-go. Right. But if she was right. like, hey, you know, that person I'm already living with, well, he's thinking about taking a deal that would involve house arrest. Right. That might be something that's more likely to get approved than being like, oh, yeah, guess what? This thing already happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it, so I definitely get her frustration. Yeah. I, I don't know how Blaine is that clueless. I know, man. Just totally. No. But at the end of the day, it's still better than Scott. And yeah. uh, Deontay. <laughs> and Deontay. Well, I mean, there's just different concerns with Deontay. Deontay was just so insecure about everything. And yeah. that's something that I don't know that you could say about Blaine. <laughs> like, he's a lot of things. Right. Insecure, not really one of them. Yeah. All right, Tal, let's move on to Taylor and Chance. Uh, so if you recall, we left off the last episode with Taylor burning all of Chance's stuff. So Taylor is accusing of Chance of deleting texts and being on dating sites. And Chance says that they were spam messages, but Taylor tells him to sleep on the couch anyway because he's pissed her off. The next morning, the girls are all bickering while Chance tries to escape them by going into the room and asking if everything is cool. He says that his stuff got burned, so he should be the one who's mad, but Taylor insists that he deserved it. Chance defends his messages between Jessica, saying that they were talking about everyday stuff, but Taylor isn't buying it because why would he delete them if they were so innocent? Chance claims that he deleted the messages because Taylor is really jealous and it's just easier for him to delete the messages than to go through a line of questioning over every female that messages him. Chance then asks what gave her the right to go through his phone. Doesn't she trust him? And Taylor says she wouldn't have to if he didn't do shady things like deleting his texts. And as a side note, Taylor tells us that she doesn't trust him. (laughs) Taylor says that if he wants trust, then he needs to stop hiding things like deleted messages. She wants to stop arguing and just move on. And Chance says that she can go through his phone anytime. Chance asks what he's going to wear to work tomorrow if she burned all his clothes, and Taylor suggests that he ask Jessica for clothes. We fast forward to Taylor's uh, inducement. So Chance has a surprise for the girls, which is a bag of little toys to show them he loves them too, and to make up for them not being able to come to the hospital. Chance is shocked to hear that he has to stay at the hospital the whole time, but Mm. Taylor insists that they are both having this baby, so we can't just come home for a change of clothes. There's a knock on the door. Surprise guest. But during the commercial break, we see Chance trying to be an entrepreneur. They get like a montage. Oh, we have a super cut of bad business ideas. It was great. Oh, my gosh. Right. (laughs) And uh, some of the highlights are trying to sell the labor of the girls, reselling ramen for 400% markup, selling bathwater to creeps, selling rats for snake owners, selling breast milk. Uh, All of these Chance considers foolproof plans. Okay, so we come back and the knock on the door is Bobby. Everyone is pretty happy to see Bobby, who is uh, Taylor's twin. She says that she wouldn't miss Mason being born. Taylor is excited that Bobby will be there since she missed the other kid's birth. Bobby jokes that she will guard the door at the hospital so that Chance doesn't try to sneak off to come home. Bobby then tells everyone that she's going to be staying down the street because she broke off her relationship uh, in Arizona and she's, you know, thinking about moving back. So Bobby is using this as a trial run and uh, it may be permanent. 
Chance is already trying to assess if Bobby is sober or not, based on her demeanor. Taylor's sisters and Chance are all in the room, hospital room, when they break her water and induce her. There is an alarm saying that the birth is going too slow when Bobby gets triggered and says that she needs to leave because she doesn't do hospitals unless she's the patient. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other sister, Anna, makes sure that Bobby gets in the car with someone safe and then Bobby leaves. Chance is confused, especially because they are worried that Taylor's clotting disorder could negatively affect the success of the delivery. And he's wondering why Bobby doesn't want to be there for that. And then Taylor, uh, meanwhile, is starting to be in a lot of pain. And she's really scared because, uh, you know, she has lost a baby at this point in her uh, delivery before. And she's kind of worried that it might happen again. All right. So uh, what do you think about Bobby making her appearance? Uh, Do you think that she's sober and everything is okay, Or should they be worried about Bobby again? I think they always need to be worried about Bobby. Yeah. um, Because, I mean, I think she might be sober right now, but it's not a good sign that the hospital like was just turned it into a you got to go. I got to go. Got to go. Like. You know, yeah. situation that is not the kind of that is the kind of situation where you imagine somebody like getting out of the hospital and immediately relapsing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's I, I, I do think she's trying, but I don't think it. she's I don't think it's an out of the woods situation just yet. Well, yeah, especially if she just went through a breakup. She's yeah. going through a drastic, drastic change of a big move. Um, you know, she's coming back. She doesn't really have Taylor's attention like she did before because Chance is, you know, there. And yeah, it does kind of worry me a little bit that she like, because re- the reason why she was triggered by the hospital is because in the past, Bobby has OD'd several times, it feels like. So, right. yeah. But it seems like, but she was like, I, I, I think she's also probably, most likely if she's been an addict for so long, she's had friends that have OD'd as well. Yeah. And probably have died. And so like because she was like, well, unless I'm a patient, I can't deal with hospitals. Yeah. Right. And I think that's that's other types of trauma that isn't necessarily her being in the hospital for her um, for her addiction. Yeah. I don't know. It just I don't understand how that fight resolved itself so quickly. I don't either. It's like, how do you go from? Yeah, this guy is like cheating on me. Uh, there's some pretty solid evidence to, well, okay, that was just like doubt, right? He could be telling the truth. I think that Chance is kind of a smooth talker. Yeah. And he managed to muster up enough doubt to have Taylor doubting if she really saw what she saw. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so that was enough for Taylor to maybe feel a tad guilty about maybe jumping to conclusions that she didn't have solid evidence right. incriminating him. Well, especially if and only she and him really know if it's right. If he if he's right about the well, every time I had a didn't delete the conversation I had with my coworker because and again, if it's a coworker, it is completely legitimate to have a long text like chain with your coworker. Yeah. Right under most circumstances, right? You are working mm-hmm. with them, and it's it. I it will probably all be work stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's fine, even if it's an opposite gender one. But yeah, I could. If every night I got home, my 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 spouse was like phone, so she could go through and like read all the messages that I sent to my coworkers all day long. Yeah. I could see being like, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna delete that thread at the end of every day. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna go back and delete that out. And, so that way she goes phone and I go and there's nothing on there, right? Fine. Instead of like having her literally read everything and probably not just read it and also, you know, read too much into every message. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it just seems like if you're really trying to prove your innocence in general, like, hey, look at this person. I always message these like very innocent things. <laughs> right. I mean, no, no, no. At the end of the day, if you're worried about maintaining proof of your innocence then yes you got to keep the receipts i think he was just like it's a pain in the ass when she takes my phone for 45 minutes every day just so she can read the all the messages that i sent to everybody 
It's yeah. much shorter for me just to not have any messages that got sent. I just on my feel phone. like he really is hiding something, right? And I'm not saying that. Am I saying he's sleeping with this Jessica? No. Uh, do I think that you know they're even having super inappropriate conversations? Not really. But do I think that they're a little flirty? And sure. maybe like take a certain tone or maybe they talk a little more frequently than like the average friend would talk. Yes, all those things. Well, and there's things that are in there that aren't directly work related. They're more like friend related, right? Like things yeah. you would talk about with a friend. And 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 I guess I there's probably a little bit of a flirty tone to them. And, and right. Because what pictures are you sending the other person if it's like, you know, well, it depends. I mean, I know, I know, you know, my partner gets, she, she does, you know, she oversees like kitchen renovations. So mm-hmm. she gets pictures from coworkers all the time. Like, oh, this, <laughs> yeah. this didn't fit. Like, like, here's a picture, right? There's, there's lots of pictures that get sent, right? Depending on the nature of your work, I could see how that works. Especially if you have, basically anytime you have somebody in the field and somebody in the office, there, there's going to be pictures that get sent. Um, sure. But could I also see him sending like weird reaction gifs and memes and stuff to her too? Yeah, probably. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like high scores from dumb uh, mobile games that he plays way too long? Oh, sure. Oh, gosh. Fine. Yeah, probably. But oh, goodness. I mean, she's stuck with him now, right? Yeah. I mean, she, they, they got they got at least 18 years to be chained together with his, when this yeah. baby comes. Yeah. All right. So uh, we didn't see uh, Monique and Derek because we're not even sure if they're still together based on the ending of last time. Yeah. Uh, And then Justine and Michael. So uh, out of the group we saw this week, uh, who is your student of the week? Yeah, it's kind of a cop out, but I always I go with Taylor just because I always give it to people who give birth. Like that's (laughs) fucking hard and sucks. Like especially her births. This is not the first one. She has very complicated pregnancies. And very complicated births that she has to go through. And she, this is just her doing this again. So I, yeah. I hats off to anybody who does that because that's, yeah. that's something. I went with Taylor too, but simply because of process of elimination. I felt like everyone else, like glaringly obvious things, either that they did while being played out or, you know, they were, you know, fighting about something that someone had done. Very yep. recently. So sure, a lot of sure. arguments this time around. There was. Uh, so who was your dunce, would you say? Well, lots of arguments. So lots of people to pick. I went with Blaine um, mm-hmm. just because I thought he was – he had the dumbest side of any argument. Because also – and the thing we didn't talk about, like, okay, they were going to start having sex and she found the ankle monitor. Like, yeah. How, how long did you think you were going to hide this ankle monitor? Oh, my gosh. Idiot, right? That's just stupidity right there. Yeah, it's so yeah, she found it relatively quickly because she went to take your pants off. But yeah. like what you in the shower like she would have found it within like it doesn't make any sense that he didn't tell her like as soon as she got home because there's no way you're making it 12 hours without somebody without your partner that you sleep in a bed with finds your giant ankle monitor. Right. Tom. Uh I actually went with Marcelino. It's like, why did you even go to Florida in the first place? Like, you clearly don't want to be there. You doesn't don't really look like you want to work on your relationship. Like, what are you doing? Oh, OK. So that that's good because my life lesson ties in. My life lesson was for Marcelino. Mm-hmm. And it, it, just the way – the part of his argument that drove me nuts is like you don't get to claim credit for taking an action at the same time you're asking to undo that action. Right? He's mm-hmm. like, well, look how much I care. Look how much I did. I moved to Florida for you. So can we move back to Las Vegas? Right. It's like, no, you don't get credit for moving to Florida. All you're trying to do is get them to move back to Las Vegas. Right, that's not, that's right. not doesn't work like that. Yeah. So actually my life lesson also for Brittany and Marcelino, but maybe a little bit more for Brittany. Like if you're going to take someone back, you shouldn't just take someone back and like, you know, pretend like all your issues didn't exist. Like there should be this in-between phase where they're earning their way back. You sure. know, and I feel like by them not having this phase of earning their way back, Marcelino has just basically reverted back to his own old ways, you know, where he's neglecting Brittany, like making her feel like she's unwanted. It's like nothing's changed. Right, right. Well, yeah, like I feel like. Because they didn't have to earn it. 
Yeah, like he moved to Florida. Is he living in the house with them? I assume so. I guess I couldn't get that. I, that's what I was confused about. Confused about the thing. Like, there's well, definitely his mom was visiting, right? Oh, oh yeah, but she was driving, so I mean, she doesn't have to stay there. I guess. Yeah, I just, I, I guess, I guess I thought, I thought, like, yes, a situation where he lived nearby or something, yeah. and it's like we're still. Yeah. We're going to work our way up to, you know, being a full right, family Right, right. But they're not. It seems like they're just like back in a relationship and it's just like, well. Yeah, I can see that yeah. for sure. All right. So uh, we should be back next week. And uh, until then. All right. See everybody then. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.